Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. And we're back with Our American Stories. And up next, a story from Wat Wong. Today, Wat is a surgeon, but his journey to getting there was far from ordinary. He's here to share the story of his family fleeing Vietnam and arriving in America with nothing. Growing up in South Vietnam, I was really young at the time, but the things that we remember are the things that we did all the time. And so we were Catholic, so we went to Mass all the time. Every morning we would go to church. Our village was along the seashore. It was a fishing village, and so my dad was a commercial fisherman. He would leave every morning, come in every night, and so we would run out to the dock to see the day's catch. We didn't have running water. Though we had the electricity, it was really limited. So we had a, a light in the house, and my grandparents, my dad's parents, they had the only TV in the village. And so we, all of us would swarm to his house and watch his TV. We didn't have an ice machine, we had an ice box. So my mother, if she needed ice, 
she would send me to the ice factory. She always ordered the bigger block of ice because I would walk along the beach in the hot sand. When I picked up the big block of ice and started walking home, ice is cold, so the ice would fall on the sand and then it would start to melt. So then I would pick it up and start walking a little bit more and it would fall again. So by the time I made it home, that block of ice was a lot smaller than the block that I started with. So those are the, some of the simple fond memories of the things that happen all the time. But at that time, the North Vietnamese communists, which they were supported by China and by the Soviet Union, were trying to overtake South Vietnam, which was non-communist. But so we were the democratic side of Vietnam and it was a civil war going on during that time. And so ultimately South Vietnam fell to the North Vietnamese communists. That's when I remember things such as the troops storming the South Vietnam and people just scrambling under military fire. I remember as a six-year-old hiding underneath the mattress, underneath the bed, and the North Vietnamese troops would run through our house and ransacking the house and hearing gunfire in the village and thinking, oh my goodness, this is, this is not going to end well. I remember hearing them yelling, you know, where's your dad? Because my dad was part of the South Vietnamese military. He had served a while back, but at that point, any grown man was considered a foe to them. And so they were looking for any men. So the North Vietnamese, as they came down, we knew democracy was going to end because Christianity was not going to be allowed. There was going to be a lot of tyranny as far as religion, as far as economy, as far as finances. And my parents knew that was coming. And so when South Vietnam fell to the North Vietnamese, and that was April 30th, 1975, when it happened, it happened in a hurry. The North Vietnamese troops came in rapidly and my parents decided to flee. And so as the troops were storming the ground, the only place you can flee is to the ocean. We knew that the U.S. had some presence in the ocean. And so we thought, okay, well, if we stay on land, you know, we're doomed. But maybe if we head out to the sea, maybe there would be somebody to receive us. We just had to flee. We didn't have time really to say any goodbyes. My immediate family and cousins and aunts and uncles, we all jumped on my dad's boat. I had three siblings. One of them was a newborn. And um, as we fled land and headed out, we saw a larger vessel and we thought, oh, thank goodness, you know, here's somebody that can help us. And as we approached that ship, come to find out that was a communist ship. And so they started firing on us and my grandmother was hit. And of course she was hurting and, and she told her husband, my grandfather, listen, you know, we, we need to get back to land because I won't be able to survive this. So when we went back on shore, my grandfather told my dad, son, there's no life for you here. Take your family with you, take the kids. We've lived a good long life and you go make a new life for yourself and your family. I think back now and I think, okay, so I'm a dad now with two kids and I can't imagine my parents telling me that. And I had to choose between, do I stay with my parents or do I take my family to a new opportunity? Whatever that opportunity was. We didn't know that it was going to be better. We just knew if we stayed, it wasn't going to be good. So my grandparents stayed 
And I can't imagine my dad, what he felt. He took the four kids, the wife, my mother, of course, and uh, headed back to sea. And eventually, we came upon a U.S. ship that received us. We really had no idea of what a U.S. ship was going to look like versus a communist ship. And so when we came and approached one, and it turned out to be friendly, my dad boarded first, and then my mother handed me to my dad and then handed my youngest brother, who was a newborn at the time, to my dad. And so the three of us got on the naval ship first. And right then, they cut off any more people coming onto the ship because the ship was full. So then my mother and two other siblings were still on my dad's boat. And so they separated us then because they had no more room. We're now parted from one another and who knows when we would see each other again. You just literally watch it float away. That was hard on my dad because my youngest brother was still breastfeeding at the time. And so here he is with a newborn baby being breastfed and he can't feed the baby. I learned pretty quickly where to find milk in the ship. And so we just stumbled through it, but eventually got my younger brother fed. And I do remember <laughs> the first good memory of being on that U.S. ship was when we were looking for something to eat. And the first U.S food that I ever put in my mouth was a Hershey's chocolate bar. <laughs> and it was the best tasting thing I had ever put in my mouth. Gosh, that Hershey's bar was good. <laughs> so, of course, we were fearful and, and not knowing what we were getting ourselves into. But several weeks later, we were all reunited. We all met together back again in Guam, which was U.S. owned at that time. Basically, we just stumbled across one another on that island. Then uh, we were all brought to Florida. We were at a immigration camp there. And from there, the different families were sponsored by American and U.S. families to different locations within the U.S. So there was a farming couple in Kentucky, Campbellville, Kentucky that through the U.S. Catholic Charities Association, they sponsored my parents and the four kids. And so we packed up, got onto a Greyhound bus to Campbellville, Kentucky from Florida. There, my dad, who worked in the ocean his whole life, was now <laughs> transplanted into a farming community. And at the time, we, none of us spoke English. The only English we knew was yes and no. So I started kindergarten in Kentucky, and somehow along the way, we were supposed to bring a blanket to take a nap with. Well, not understanding English, my parents didn't pack a blanket, and so I, when I showed up for first day of school and all the other kids are napping and they all had their blankets and I'm standing around looking at the kids, I don't have a blanket to take a nap with. And so we quickly learned and, and adapted I do remember things that made it easy, for example, math, because two plus two will always be four, regardless of whatever language you speak. And whether you attend a Catholic mass in Vietnam or you attend one in Campbellville, Kentucky, it's, hey, we all worship the same God. We all have the same Savior, and we're all trying to get to the same location. But the rest of it, it comes quickly when you have to speak that language. The material things that you accumulate over time, all of that you set aside. 
hoping you'd find a new life, a better opportunity for yourself and for your kids. And you're listening to Wat Wong tell the story of what happened to so many families when Saigon fell, when South Vietnam was captured by the communists. And there were consequences when we left Vietnam. But my goodness, Americans did step up. The role the Catholic Charities plays in so much of this, and all kinds of Protestant charities as well, in stepping up and taking care of the least of these. When we come back, more of this remarkable story, Wat Wong's story, here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash OAS. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we return to Our American Stories and to the story of Wat Wong. After fleeing Vietnam, we'd heard about how he and his family had begun to assimilate into American life. Here's Watt to tell us about more of his adventures here in America. I think in growing up and, and in hindsight, you see the things that your parents do or did, you appreciate their efforts. You know, my parents made a lot of sacrifices along the way, and, and I hear stories like, for example, growing up in South Vietnamese culture, we eat a lot of rice. and. In Kentucky, it was all potatoes. <laughs> and so my dad would come back and come home from hard day's work and the farming couple that sponsored us, they would have a little bit of rice and so we would cook it up and there really wasn't enough to go around. And so my dad would just go hungry and sacrificed it and saved it for us. And so there's no telling how many countless sacrifices that I don't know about they've made. But they instilled on us the work ethic, the faith uh, that is required you know, through life. And so I try to teach that to our kids as well. So in South Vietnam, Catholicism was not necessarily the most prevalent religion, but it was for us and it was impactful for us. And my parents, if they had their preferences, I would be a priest right now. But I didn't go that route, much to their dismay. So I went to med school instead. <laughs> That's a funny story. Um, my younger brother was asleep and my cousin and I were playing while he was taking a nap and we had a coin, I don't know, it may have been a quarter or something like that, and we were just spinning it on top of my brother who was asleep on his forehead, thinking, oh, this is kind of fun. That quarter landed in his mouth. He woke up and inhaled and swallowed that coin, so that got us in so much trouble. So we went to the emergency department, a doctor came to see him, took him to surgery, took the coin out, saved the day, came back out. My mother, of course, is still mad at us, but her son is saved. And, and I thought to myself, you know what, that's pretty neat, he saved my younger brother's life. I think I want to do that one day. It was just by chance doing something silly, something I shouldn't have been doing, that kind of piqued in, in interest. We never know what's in front of us, and the experiences that we go through, at the time that we go through it, sometimes you don't really appreciate it until much after the fact. When we were growing up, we were poor. In, in the U.S., we were poor. My parents were not educated, so they did mostly labor jobs. And, and one of the jobs that my mother did was um, we worked in a crab factory. We picked the meat out of the crabs. And so here I was, middle school and in high school, picking a stinky crab, 
and why am I doing this? You know, all my friends during the summer were hanging out at the house, watching TV and all that, and I'm going to a stupid crap factory. <laughs> we were paid by production, so the more crap you crack, the more meat you get, the more you get paid. What I'm getting at is the motor dexterity that's required to crack a claw precisely to get that meat out so that there aren't any shells in that meat. It helped improve my hand speed my manual dexterity so my left hand is just as good as my right hand and yes my mother woke us up at four o'clock in the morning every day to go to the craft factory and it smelled horribly and i hated it and i dreaded it but here i am as a surgeon 30 years later with finger and hand dexterity that could not have been more polished than because of that manual work that i did so <laughs> Another something that I thought, gosh, why am I doing this? Which then I later appreciate. Uh, so in college at LSU, during my freshman year, as I was walking around campus thinking about what I was going to do for a summer job, I saw a flyer about the Southwestern Publishing Company. And I had no idea what the Southwestern Publishing Company was, but it said $400 a week summer job. And I thought, man. $400 a week, that's good money for a college student in 1987. And so I went to one of their seminars, not knowing what I was getting myself into. And so come to find out it was door to door, book sales, blind cold calls, knocking on the door, seeing if a mom or dad might want to buy educational books for their kids. And I thought, there's no way. <laughs> But I gave it a try, and so we learned how to approach someone, a complete stranger, try to determine what their needs were, and maybe provide a product or service that can help them and their children do better for themselves. So fast forward 20 years later, I'm sitting with a patient who I've never met before. This person could be from any walk of life and they have a problem, an unmet need. And so you try to identify with that person, see what their needs are, and how can I make their life a little better? And so that experience as a 19-year-old college student knocking on 180 doors per week, cold calling, really shaped how I communicate with people to this very day, you know, trying to identify what their needs are and hopefully make a difference in their life. As you're going through these experiences in life, most of the time it's there for a reason. We just don't realize it at the moment, but you do learn to appreciate those things later on. As I was growing up, I had a lot of horrible dreams about the troops storming the village and crawling under the bed and the nightmares with that, and that lasted for decades. It took a long time for those dreams to go away. The U.S., we, and I say we because I feel like I'm, obviously I'm part of the U.S. now. We're a welcoming society and every one of us has a culture and a background that's interwoven into one another. And so the U.S. was welcoming and the U.S. Catholic Charities Association really did a great job with bringing us in and finding families and assimilating us within the U.S. I just remember the kindness of our sponsoring families. They had 
kids and grandkids that were about our ages. And so uh, my siblings and I, you know, played with them and ran around the farm and did silly things. But I just remember their, their kindness. If it wasn't for them and what all they did for us, you know, we wouldn't be where we are now. I can't imagine what my parents went through. Everything is falling apart around you. You're leaving your parents. You don't speak the language. The only thing that we had was literally the clothes on our backs. Who knows where you're going? Not everyone came to the U.S. It all depended on the immigration services and where they decided. So we were just happened to be within that group that came to the U.S. You never know what happens in life and how that might impact you later on, but appreciate it for what it is when you're going through it and try to make the most of it. And great work by Madison on the production, and a special thanks to Wat Wong for sharing his story with us and what a quintessentially American story it was. His parents wanted him to be a priest. He disappointed them and became a doctor. His work at the crab factory, well, that helped him with his hand dexterity and also his discipline. He had to get up at 4 a.m. His door-to-door book sales gig taught him to listen, taught him empathy. That helped him with his bedside manner. He had bad dreams, he said, from all that happened in South Vietnam, but they diminished. And the U.S., he said, well, it's a welcoming society. Our cultures are interwoven. My Sicilian grandparents, my Lebanese grandparents would agree. And a special thanks to Catholic Charities for all the great work they do. The story of Wat Wong, the story of America in the end, here on Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth no matter who you are. Mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.